0: Welcome to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast, where we look inside the mind of seven-figure entrepreneurs to see how they amplify their business and amplify their life. Let's welcome today's guest. Today's guest is a leadership coach who helps ambitious, overwhelmed women conquer their fears and become leaders at work and at home. She is the host of the Mom in Control podcast, where she reveals her most vulnerable truths about womanhood, marriage, parenting, living through stage four cancer, and running a successful business without burning out. Please give a very warm welcome to the show, Heather Chauvin. How are you doing, Heather?
1: Good. I love this intro. I feel like you're prepping me to like jump on stage or something.
0: Yeah, that's what I, I used to be a wedding singer. So that's probably probably why, you know, I love it. Uh, so so Heather, I want to jump straight in today. Now, what one of the things that a lot of people st- struggle with is like really staying focused on things and also keeping calm in amongst the chaos. So how ha- how do you actually handle that balance of Uh, and and balance is an interesting word which I'm sure we'll get into is you know the home life the work life and the parenting and and everything else in between
1: Mm -hmm. so I think this is a a question that a lot of parents and caregivers like ask themselves of the whole balance and like doing it all and I think it is a different answer for women versus men um, Mm -hmm. just because of our cultural expectations of who we need to be Um, and I also feel like we ask these questions because somebody has implanted in us that there is a possibility to do it all or balance it all. And as a a mother of, I have three boys, they're 17, they keep changing their, their ages. And then I get screwed up. So almost 17, (laughs) almost 12 and eight, and then they're all going to change again. And then I would be like, dang it, you're screwing up my elevator pitch. Um, but you know, my boys, were my everything. Like they were my everything. And I was so determined And that second you become a parent, all of a sudden, like your priorities change internally. But then there's also the desire to make like for me, the desire to make an impact in the world. And both were so strong for me. So I had to find a way to do that. And of course, I, you know, looked at all the mentors and everybody, and there was hustle culture, like the hustle, like burn yourself out, you gotta work really, really hard. So there's a lot of undoing that needs to happen. I'm a huge fan of the better you feel, the more money you make, the better you are at quote unquote parenting, being present and all of that. But I also you know, I'm sure we'll talk about my story, but I also like understand that lack of focus, resistance, fear, guilt are part of the game. You never get over it. You learn how to manage them almost like if you, um, you know, if if you were diagnosed with something, it's like, you have to manage these things. It's not about trying to fix or get over them. They're always there for the ride
0: yeah it's 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 interesting you say by cultural pressures as well do you think that is across the board or is that women to women or, or men to women
1: well i think it's i mean i can only speak for myself and i i mean i work with a lot of women who work in different sectors whether they are business owners uh and the ones that call them stay at home. I'm like, listen, you are a house manager. Like everybody is doing some type of work in the world. And so I can really just talk about my own experience, but like culture, I mean, every culture, every country has their own narrative of who you need to be in your gender. Right. And, but I do think that there's this collective of pressure, um, of women needing to be the nurturers. And then they typically take on more of the nurturing role, the doers, and then, you know, the female brain versus the male brain, female brains. My husband says to me, like, Oh my gosh, like, what are, like write a list of everything that you're thinking about right now. He's like, I am, I'm just thinking about this coffee in my hand right now. Like you're, you can multitask and I can't, like our brains are just completely wired differently. Mm -hmm. So to understand that push pull of, you know, the subconscious of who you're supposed to be versus who you want to be. And then to, to have the skills to like maintain and focus I think is gender is um cultural but at the same time is so unique to the individual
0: yeah it's, that's a fasc- fascinating insight on it and um, I'm very much in in agreement with that especially about the wiring um now you mentioned as well about about getting into your story mm-hmm. and there's a really interesting thing that I saw you setting in your TED talk and you A lot of people think of of this process as as taboo, but one of the most empowering things you said, cancer gave me permission. Mm. Tell me about that.
1: Oh, yes. So in December of 2013, I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer. At the time, um, my business was so my youngest was a year old and my business was still in its infancy. Mm-hmm. But it w- for a few years, I was doing that like side hustle, right? I was a corporate social worker, um, but there was just this deep, deep desire. And I kept telling myself, there's no way you're going to be here for 30 years. Like you got to get out of this. So courage, you know, kept taking that courageous action, kept stepping into the fear. I was investing in mentors and then it was actually Paul. I remember signing my, um, like coming back from maternity leave and my corporate job, and literally like six months later being diagnosed with cancer. Like saying like I'm not coming back, and so I was the the safety net was gone. I was full blown into entrepreneurship and barely making money. And then I get this cancer diagnosis, which I believe was this um, side effect of personal neglect, Um, which, you know, if you look around culture, like if you look around most humans don't take care of themselves Mm -hmm. and get pats on the back for how many things they get checked off their to-do list. So I was deep in do, do, do for everybody else and nothing for myself. But the only thing I was doing for myself was giving myself permission to go full in on my business. But I was in overdrive and I was living from a place of fear because I'm like, I got to hustle to pay the bills. So when I was diagnosed, the weird thing about permission and cancer was I Don't know what happened, but there was this switch that happened and I said, I am done suffering. Mm -hmm. I will never feel like this again. Never, ever, ever. Like my priorities have completely shifted. I don't care what people think. I don't care if they judge me for um, putting my needs first. I don't care if they judge me for how much money I make. I am done. Like it was the permission slip that I needed and then that completely shifted how I ran my business and my life.
0: It's it's fascinating you say that. And when when you go back to if you were if you were to start out and not run the business out of fear, right? So when you're just starting out, do you think you could actually got where you wanted to go by working a lot less by just focusing on different things? Like if you were to rewind the tape and go back and do that again.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I'm such a different person. And back then, as I'm sure most people, like whether you're identifying as this, um, or not, when you start a business, all the things that you think you need to do are not really the things that you need to do. Like, you know, back then when I started, which was almost a decade ago, when I started like my first business, um, you know, I spent a silly amount of money on, uh, a on uh, a website. And then I invested in a program on how to create a digital program. But I had no community, like no community to sell it to. And I wasn't, you know, I mean, the online world changes constantly, right? Because of marketing and saturation and and all of that. But I didn't have any fans, nobody knew about me. And so it's just I look now and I'm like, Oh, my gosh, If I was to start another business or go back, make money first, make money first, solve a problem quickly. You don't need a website. You just need to talk to people and to be able to have sales skills. Like I practice, I work a lot with women where I'm like, you don't have sales skills. You actually don't even have a business. You have a very expensive hobby. And yet you're, you're saying like, people won't pay me. People won't do this, but you don't know how to create the transformation for people in that conversation. There's a reason why they're listening to you and they're not buying, like talk to your people. What do they need from you? And it's not always about them when it comes to price point, like, Oh, they'll only give me a hundred dollars. They won't give me a thousand or $10,000. But again, it's that mindset of like, I need to give, 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 give until I'm cracked and broken. And so if I went back to that, you know, that starter me, what I would do is say to her, listen, this is going to be scary and terrifying, but what you need to do is make money to not only prove to yourself that this is a viable business, um, but that. People want what you have and then rinse and repeat and refine and refine. And it's all about connection and relationships.
0: Mm. Uh, it's it's interesting when when we look back, right? And it, I think so much of it is down to the mindset and the confidence. I mean, uh, like I noticed through going your site and, and even the way you are on, on this call, right? There's, there's a level of certainty there. Like where, mm. where, where does that, that shift come from? Was that after getting diagnosed and say, hey, do you know what? I'm just going to do what I want to do or or is that that something that you're always constantly working on creating that certainty within your mind?
1: So I think certainty and confidence, I mean, I get asked this question a lot um, now and it's repetition. Like that's all it is, is repetition. Like every time I start something new. So the last year and a half, Two years, I really dove into my fitness journey and I hired, of course, a quote unquote expert, right? Somebody who's like lives and breathes this stuff. And I just felt like such a beginner and I'm like, I don't like this and lack of confidence. It's just like, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep it, let it, you know, let it be simple, let it be easy, like habit stacking. And I'm just like, ew, this is gross. This is messy. I'm not confident in this. And then I realized that's how I felt when I started my business. And it's just from repetition and all the cliche things that they say of like, what's working, what's not working, like just keep moving forward. And so now just from experience and saying the same thing over and over and over and over again, I feel comfortable and confident when somebody has a different value or belief in front of me And I'm like, I don't see that the same way that you do. I can totally see why you're getting in your own way. And I'm happy to give you, you know, value or let you know my perspective doesn't mean it's right or wrong or it will work for you. But I get, I guess you just get, it's confidence is a skill. It's a muscle. It's just like exercise. And you just have to do repetition after repetition after repetition until eventually you're like, that used to scare the crap out of me. And now- I have no issue talking about it all day, every day.
0: Yeah, and it's it's interesting you say the last couple of years that you've worked on your fitness journey. Now, you've almost got the, well, you've got this trifecta, right, of the health, wealth, and relationships. Do you think they have to go in a certain order to an extent? Because you kind of like cracked the, the, the wealth part and then it was like, right, now I can go and spend more time with my family because I've cracked the wealth part. And now I've mm-hmm. got my family and I've got the wealth. Now I can go and focus on the fitness. Does it have to go in that order or can it go in a different order?
1: It definitely doesn't have to go in that order. Um, I think it's all the same thing, just a different bucket of your life. Um, And I do, I personally see it that whatever area is screaming for your attention is the one to work on first. So sometimes when people come to me, it's relationships. Um, or it's their health or it's you know their like their emotional well-being and then the second they dive into something they're like oh crap my money stuff's coming up and I'm like yep now you get to go there now you get to go there and there's something that I talk about especially in my TEDx and my book and when I'm coaching women is this sustainable ambition theory um it's this little diagram that I created and it's kind of like at the bottom is survival mode and mm-hmm. then at, you go to momentum and then the state of thrival and the state of abundance. And so if you look at every area of your life, you ask yourself, which area am I currently living in? And culturally, you know, I mean, the bar set pretty low right? Like mainstream normal is everyone's living in survival mode. I mean, just scroll on social and you're going to get a whole bunch of feedback and, and uh, confirmation of why you're okay when you're living in survival. mode. Like that's enough. And I'm like, that's not enough. That is so not enough for me. Like I want to be at the top and because I want to change the, I want to change the conversation. So every time you up-level one area of your life, the areas that are attached to that are going to be like, hey, you got to pay attention to me now. So I don't think it has to go in a certain order. I just think um, it's going to show itself to you eventually. And for me, my first in was parenting. And then it was my own emotional health. And then it was money. And then, you know, and then like next level health. And so it's just never ending. And then I kind of go back and then my children change ages or you know, life, um, developmental phases, and I got to start all over again.
0: Is that that one of the things then that keeps you motivated to to always reach the next level is because when you go and grow one section, then suddenly it it makes everything else look like a lack. So then it has to catch up.
1: Yeah. When I started this, my why, so I'm huge on like, what's your why? Mm. And a lot of people, and I'm not the first person to say that, right? Like, that's so big. Like, connect with your why. Um, When I started, my why was I never wanted my son to feel the way that I do or did. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would love for him to feel the way that I do now, but the way that I did back then, I was like, I never, and that was a pretty negative why that was so wounded. (laughs) That was so fear-based. Like I never want my children to feel the way that I did. And then once I kind of like got to that place of confidence of like, I'm pretty confident that I'm okay here. I realized that I started, um, attracting women and I was like, I got to show up for them. And then, you know, so there's no like one thing that motivates me. I was deeply motivated not to feel like I was failing as like a caregiver, as a parent. And then I had to figure out how to get motivated A different way because I think we're often motivated by pain and I'll hear from people like I'm such a procrastinator like I need that deadline I need I'm like yeah we're all addicted a little bit to crisis like we're all like a little bit of that like that sting right like we need a little bit of the sting and I'm like but can you just be motivated because you're making an impact and so I'm very impact driven so now I know the more money I make the more I can donate um, the more energy I have, the more I can donate my time. The more um, present I am and life skills that I have, the more I know that I'm being a role model for for my kids um, and any human that I come into contact. So I'm very, um, I'm motivated very differently now. And actually, lately, wanting to go back to my social work roots, like just a deep desire to be like front lines a little bit. So I get to, I get to donate money to like a charity or a local organization. And because I've created like time freedom and emotional freedom, I can say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to donate like every Monday to coming into the center and teaching mindfulness to these kids or talking to these women about, um, entrepreneurship or, or fear or whatever it takes. And I'm like, what a beautiful way to give back. So that highly motivates me as well. I'm almost helping the old version of me, um, in a, in a bigger way. And that feels so good.
0: Yeah. There's definitely something about that, that when you see, seeing someone else, what you're used to seeing yourself uh, and then like, I, I can I can help you because I know you've been where I was and 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 the stuff that is, is super powerful now uh, some something as well I wanted to talk to you about Heather is the amount of podcast episodes you've done right yes yeah. uh, <laughs> like when when I looked through and I was like is that a, is, is that a spelling error and then I was like 800 plus episodes that you've done now how, how do you create that much consistency over time
1: Okay, so this is a funny. So I've been podcasting for a few years, and when I started, I remember I like posted an episode or two, and then I ran away for months. Like I was so terrified. Um, a few years ago, I had so much resistance to content creation, so I challenged myself to podcast every day. So in a year, I created like three hundred and sixty-five episodes every single day. Um, i would put and they were like small episodes like 10 20 minutes solo episodes and here's the beauty of it i am a verbal processor um i can talk i love speaking i love interviews um i'd rather do that than write and that's just my way of being so it actually helped me just to get it out there um to hit submit to stop that perfectionism like you know where you're getting stuck but here's the thing. Once you do that, I mean, yes, I always say you want to vomit, crap your pants. Like you just got to put it out there. You got to ship it. But you get feedback. And the feedback is often like what I get from my community is thank you. Thank you. I'm, I don't feel alone. And then I ask my community via Instagram. I have I use um community like the text app email, like I'm always engaging with people or my clients. I'm like, Hey, what are you struggling with right now? Even though most of the time I'm like, you should have like, that shouldn't be a challenge for you right now. Cause I've taught you how to solve that problem. Um, I take all those questions and then I keep creating more content. So I just, I don't have to think about it. Someone will be like, Hey, how do you, um, have uncomfortable conversations with your partner? And I'm like, that's a perfect podcast topic. Like my brain thinks in in podcast topics. I talk to myself on my phone using voice memos. That's where I've recorded most of my podcasts. Mm -hmm. And then I literally send it to my assistant and then she does everything else. And I'm like, get her done, get her done. So I have not overcomplicated the process. I just talk and put it out there in the world. I just want to give value and help people change their lives.
0: I love, I love that. And I can really relate to that because we, we had a bridesmaids dress business and we did the same thing with a uh, Facebook Lives. So we did a Facebook Live every single day for 365 days, which was, I know how tough it is at part of it where you're just like, oh, this is, you know, when it's like a, a Sunday Sunday afternoon and you've had like a really heavy weekend and done stuff and then you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, but you're like, I've got to do it. Um, and
1: there's But there's something in that that's yeah. beyond beyond the content like you're you're breaking a mental pattern because you've committed to the only way out is through like i can't back out here um of course people always back out it's like you know if you're doing a 75 hard i don't i'm sure do you know what 75 hard is
0: i'm guessing it's a long race
1: oh so it's actually like doing these things consistently for 75 days okay Um, So there's like 10, it's like 75, it's very masculine. And I, I'm kind of make up my own rules a little bit that if you like miss one, you have to start all over again. And like, you're in this never ending cycle. So it's definitely this headstrong, like mental game. But I, when I show up to something, like, nobody's going to listen to this podcast or like, there's too much content here or whatever it is. I'm in it for the mental challenge and building that like resiliency in myself so that I can lead better. I'm not here for, you know, oh, I got to create new content every day. So it's really about the intention behind why you're doing what you're doing. But definitely, if you don't give yourself an out, you're going to see better results.
0: I like it. I, I like it a lot. Now, one one question, Heather, that we ask everyone who comes on the show, and I'm certainly fascinated from your unique perspective, is what do you want to be remembered for when you die?
1: Mm, I've actually asked myself this question a lot in my life. I just want to know that every person that I met in my life, um, I left them better than how I found them. Mm. And you know, I want I wonder, I always wonder and I think I have a weird relationship to this question because I've actually thought about it because I almost did die. Yeah. Um and I just think I want my children to be like she was an interesting human and she really just constantly challenged me to show up as my best self, but I just want people to know that they're loved and um there's nothing wrong with them. They're not broken.
0: I like that I like I like that a lot, and yeah, I definitely wanted to hear your perspective because, like you say you've you've been, been almost been through that process, and I can imagine maybe the answer is different now right than it was ten, fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah, a lot a lot of powerful stuff there. Now, what is one quick win heather that people can use to amplify their business today?
1: Ask yourself these three questions: What's working? What's not working, and how do you feel about your business? And do more of what's working. Give yourself permission, even though it's going to be wildly uncomfortable, to let go of what is not working and be radically honest with yourself about how you feel about your business. Because if you are if you have any resentment or fatigue or burnout, um, that makes a huge impact on your revenue and passion and quality of business.
0: And it's such simple advice. (laughs) And so many people will just listen to it and just take take away with it. So I'd recommend like, listen, go back over that bit because Mm -hmm. it's so simple. However, that is like one of the biggest keys to growth is like what is working, what is not working and how do I feel about it? I um, So that that's phenomenal. Now, what seven figure entrepreneur would you nominate to be on the show next, Heather?
1: I I'm a huge fan and friend with Kathy Heller. Do you know Kathy Heller?
0: Not yet, but apparently we're about to.
1: She is. Uh, she is the founder of the book and podcast "Don't Keep Your Day Job," and her and I have become really close friends. But what I love about her is she is a machine and so wildly heart-centered and imperfect and just has these killer launches and she loves 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 um helping people and helping them come alive and i love her to pieces
0: i love it i love it now and then finally it's been amazing having you on the show so really really appreciate you spending the time with us today and um where can people find out more about you and what you do
1: I hang out a lot on my podcast, as you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, mom is in control and, uh, people laugh at the title all the time is one is great for SEO because everyone wants to feel in control, but it's not about that. It's about control from the inside out. And we talk about life and, um, work and parenting and feeling alive and fulfilled, um, I love it when people DM me on Instagram, especially after they've listened to this podcast. So just find me at Heather Chauvin and the book Dying to Be a Good Mother can be found anywhere books are sold online or audibles as well, or my website, Heatherchauvin.com
0: fantastic yeah you can go to uh slash book as well to get go directly to the book which is fantastic heather it's been amazing having you on the show you really appreciate you sharing your insights today and, and spending the time with us
1: paul thank you so much i love these conversations i think the more i say women in general because i'm such an advocate for women make money we can give more change the world and money's a good thing I mean, seven figures, let's make it eight figures. Like the world, there's enough to go around. So thank you so much.
0: hundred oh, percent. You've been listening to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast with me, Paul Ace, and my amazing guest, Heather Chauvin. Remember, amplify your business and amplify your life. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast. To access the show notes, episodes and this month's giveaway head over to www.amplify to seven figures.com. Remember, amplify your business, amplify, amplify your, your life. life.